What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hey, welcome to our multiverse. We're excited you're joining us for our new parody comedy series, Superhero Diaries. Hello, this is Batman. Well, sort of. I mean, I'm not one of those actors who gets to play all your favorite superheroes in movies and TV. I guess you would say I'm a parody version of The Dark Knight. Anywho, me and some of my super friends have decided to tell you what we're really thinking when we are doing all those crime-fighting, earth-saving, multiverse-hopping kind of stuff. We will reveal what's behind the mask, our most private thoughts, like who's our secret superhero crush? <laughs> Gotta go, girl talk. We have to deal with real-life issues just like you. I mean, how does Spider-Man pee when he's wearing a Spidey onesie? It rides up in the crotch a little bit, too. Does Aquaman talk to fish before he eats them? What is the Hulk's critical review of Wonder Woman 84? And most confounding of all... Someday she just can't get rid of a bomb. How does a guy like me, with no superpowers, get through the week without getting killed every other day? All will be revealed when Superhero Diaries takes off on February 9th. Subscribe now, true believers! On a deserted planet out in deep space, a lone figure goes about his daily duties. Fixing breakfast, cleaning house, and fixing cabinets might not seem like much for a Jedi to do. However, Luke Skywalker reveled in the simplicity of it all. It is then that an owl could be heard outside. Investigating, Luke sees the boy wizard Harry Potter out in the yard looking quizzical. That bright wand is a horcrux, sir, and must be destroyed. Only a Sith would come to my remote home and attempt to desecrate what is mine. And with that, Luke Skywalker powers up his lightsaber and prepares for the fight of his life. It's the moisture farmer versus the boy who lived. It's the Jedi Master versus the Master Wizard. It's Luke Skywalker versus Harry Potter today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic book, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gabsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. Ray, I gotta tell you, it feels like WrestleMania for us right now. Today, we have an icon versus icon matchup, Luke Skywalker versus Harry Potter. You know, it's a battle that we want to do for quite some time. We've been holding off, and I guess the time is perfect for right now. You know, I, I've done my patented or our patented who would win Google test to see if, you know, has anyone ever talked about this matchup? Evidently, lots of people have talked about it, and it's about time that we did as well. So let's get this, let's give this matchup the analysis it deserves. Let's figure out who's going to win. Let's give it our best. Again, it's who would win meets WrestleMania. Ray, you got to give me your thoughts on today's matchup. I am super fired up for today's matchup, okay? 
These are two of the most popular characters in modern fiction, okay? Uh, Some people might tell me they're real. They're not, everybody. These are fictional characters. Spoiler alert. They are not real. But that being said, both have had such a tremendous impact on the lives of young and old for decades now. Even Harry Potter's been around for, what, two decades plus at this point? That's That's absolutely crazy. These are two absolutely top-notch triple-A characters, and I have no doubts people have talked about them fighting each other, but it's never been done to death as far as I've seen, but it's also never been done (laughs) the who would win way. And that's what's important. Today's matchup, I guess the keyword is big. Today's matchup is big. You know, speaking of of big, by the way, we have a big announcement. Ray, do do you have any idea what I'm talking about? We've reached an insane milestone. Yes, we literally talked about it before we started recording today, so I do know about it. I, that's a, I weird, see if that's a weird question to ask me, James. I, yes, I'm aware. I, we, I, I was just, in the room. I know, but you know, here's the thing. You look off. Do you think I just forget everything? How concussed up. do you think I am, James? The answer is a lot, but I still a remember lot. this. Fantastic. So we have actually surpassed 1.5 million downloads for the Who Would Win show. That's pretty impressive. What this all means is that we're very close to 2 million. And we've talked about this, Ray. We want to have a huge celebration when we hit 2 million listens. Once we hit 2 million, how would you celebrate that? Oh, I'm going to celebrate it by having a party in the streets. And it's going to be a little bit excitement celebration. But the other reason to have a party in the streets is then I can coax and lure out everyone who's wronged me. And I can finally have my words in the streets. You're saying for the the party in the streets, mm-hmm. for our two millionth download, mm-hmm. you're going to celebrate that by coaxing out all of our former judges who didn't give you the win. Correct. Somehow, somehow they'll be in the party in the streets. Oh, they're all invited. I made sure. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. And, and what's going to happen once they are coaxed out? Words in the streets. Words it's the about streets. time these judges have words in the streets. I've been promising it for almost three years now, James. It's time to deliver. Two million listens, words in the streets. And a party. And a party. There's going to be cupcakes, too. Oh, that changes everything. Speaking of huge, we have a huge guest judge for today's episode. Coming back for a third time on the Who Would Win show, it's the voice of Marco Diaz in Disney XD's Star vs. the Forces of Evil. It's martial artist extraordinaire and the voice of Yuji Itadori in the English dub of the latest anime hit series, Jujutsu Kaisen. It's Adam MacArthur. Adam, welcome back to Who Would Win. Gentlemen, thank you so much. This is, uh, you know what I'm most excited about is I have not heard of the two people who are fighting each other today. I've never heard of them. So this is new to you. I'm coming in fresh here. Brand new characters. That is impressive. (laughs) New characters. So I have a big question as a follow-up to that statement. Which rock did you grow up under? (laughs) All of them. All of them. No, No, of course. Of course. I know who Luke Skywalker, of course I know who Harry Potter is. Um, when I was told who would be competing against each other, um, I was very hyped. I'm very, very hyped to be back to judge this matchup. We are hyped to have you back. You're a fan favorite. You always come in with like great analysis and, and take us literally on a journey when you make your decisions. You know, for those who don't know, you're in another actor who's been extremely busy. Tell us what you've been up to. Oh, gosh. Let's see. Um, well, Jujutsu Kaisen is we're still recording episodes. New episodes are going to be airing uh, every Friday still on Crunchyroll, HBO Max, um, all the way through um, mid-May. So um, still Ooh. working on that. The beauty of voiceover, not really the beauty, it's the thing that I hate the most about it is uh, <laughs> I do stuff that I'm not allowed to talk about for a very long time. So um, I am currently working on like three different things that uh, we're going to just have to talk about at a later date. But I'm very excited 
uh, for them. One of them, the one that's coming the soonest, is actually um, a live-action voiceover thing. Ooh. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, so it's going to be very cool. Yeah, I'm very excited about that one, but I still really can't. I mean, can't really say much about it. Yet. Normal, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's showbiz. Yeah. We get it. We get it. You know, by the way, just on a side note, I love how you say Jiu-Jitsu Kaizen because a lot of people who say that, they're like, Jiu-Jitsu and people who do martial arts yeah. and do any grab, it's like, it's Jiu-Jitsu Kaizen, you know, just yeah. just want to say I appreciate the enunciation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, we talked about, you know, how we're we're not that far away from our two millionth uh, download and two millionth listen for the Who Would Win show. As a longtime judge, you've been on here, this is your yeah. third appearance, and you'll have a fourth, a fifth, and sixth, and what have you. It's your responsibility to also add to the celebration. What do you see yourself doing when we actually have our big celebration, whatever that may be? Look, I'm going to go ahead and just throw out some, uh, you know, I, I feel like I can, can easily contribute some of my vocal abilities to maybe some bumpers, if you will. I mean, do you have any, is there like anything you are going to be promoting for the show. I don't know, possibly like merch or something like that. We do have merch that we'll be promoting for the show. You know, Ray, you know, let me take it in a different direction. For example, I would love the bumpers. Do you, you know, are you, uh, Ray's going to bring cupcakes. Do you see oh. yourself bringing snacks? Look, as soon as we're, uh, yes. As soon as we're all fully vaccinated, we're going to, I would like to come back. I would like to judge in a match while we eat hot pot together in a restaurant. Do you wow. think we can do that? I like where we're going. I like where we're going. You just I'll, mentioned I, food, and I'm in. Yeah, I, I will. I, I want to break bread with you, gentlemen, uh, while we record an episode, and I'll, I'll, it'll be my treat because 1.5 million downloads—that's a massive, that's a, that's a massive accomplishment. It, it wasn't easy, but my hats off to Race to Canis and the whole Who Would Win team, and we stuck with it, and we took the uh, Adam MacArthur approach. You know, we bought the Adam MacArthur course. You know, online mm-hmm. success for podcasting. Yep. And yeah. uh, just followed that route, <laughs> bribe judges, bribe people on, you know, Apple Podcasts, what have you, yeah. or Apple Music. And uh, lo and behold, here we are. So it all worked out. So I look forward to that. When we all go out for dinner, there'll be a lot of bread breaking. That's just because Ray and I fight a lot when the bread comes I'm out. throw a lot we, of James' We head. can it's have true. a food fight. We can have a food fight. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys know what your most downloaded episode is? Do you know that fact? The most, I can tell you what some of the biggest episodes ever downloaded downloaded are, and that would be, believe it or not, Captain America versus Darth Vader was our number one episode of season two. That's and awesome. a lot of people don't know that. It has a, a large number of listens, and it's, it's definitely our most popular episode of season two. And thus far in season three, I'll go ahead and say it until this one drops and breaks every record. Scarlet Witch versus Constantine on the heels of WandaVision is our most listened to episode in season three. Got it. So, so not Batman versus Batman Beyond or not uh, Poison. Well, that was clearly number two and and number three. You know, okay. Just, I was just checking. I just wanted to see sort of where (laughs) I stood. (laughs) You, you you stand in the the upper echelons. But before we go any further, James, (laughs) you buried the lead a little bit. I would love to hear Adam do a bumper for the Ray is Right branded T-shirt in the T Public store. Adam, if you could, if you got anything you want to throw at us, I would love to hear it. Hey, everybody, this is Marco Diaz. I need you all to head over to the whowouldwin.com website, click that merch tab, and get the Ray is Right t-shirt. Also, eat nachos. That is huh? that is absolutely magical. That is more magical <laughs> than any character I'll be discussing on today's show. <laughs> That's true. I have a small request. I'd like you to do a superior one. 
bumper, okay. if you will, for the hashtag IMF, the intoxicating mind fog shirt, classic shirt won by James Gavsey when he wins a Who Would Win match. Uh, okay, well, um, there's an episode of Star vs. the Forces of Evil where we see Marco age uh, about 16 years up to the age 30 after he spends time in the Never Zone. And it's sort of like this Mad Max version of Marco Diaz. And he sounds like this. He's real gritty. He's adult Marco. So listen, head over to the whowouldwin.com website. Click that merch tab and get that hashtag IMF. Get your mind fog on. I mean, that's there you go. brilliance. More there, you brilliance. Damn. there you go. Damn. There you go. Damn. There you I, think, go. I think we could end the episode right now. Guaranteed <laughs> yeah. this will be Thank the highest. Thank you. Good night, everybody. <laughs> wow. Okay. That is huge. I don't know. I don't know, Ray. I think you and I do a great job. I don't know if we can follow up those performances. No, but I'm going uh, to have to, unfortunately. But we got to up our game. We have to up our game. Okay. This, this was merely my contribution to continue those downloads flowing you in. You know what I mean? I love it. I love it. I love it. Great contribution. Thank you, sir. All right. And so I got to follow that with my lame jokes. All right. Do them. Your jokes aren't lame. You got you got amazing jokes. I know. I just I was a test and you passed. Yes. That's good. Well played. So let's get to it. With that said, it's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Star Wars, the Jedi who's always willing to lend a hand, Luke Skywalker. And representing the wizarding world, the wizard who gets down a hill by walking, JK rolling, Harry Potter. These were not lame jokes. These were not no. lame jokes. These were great jokes. Again, it was Fantastic. a test and you passed. Fantastic. I'm using air quotes. Well done, Ray. Uh, before we go any further, let's rolling. go over the let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Now, rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Okay, Ray, this is actually a really big question for you. What version of Harry Potter are you using? I'm going to be using the novel book version of Harry Potter. Look, we all know the movie version, and the movie version and the book version are pretty similar as far as who the character is and what they do. It's just that they go into a little bit more detail in the books, and I want to lean on that a little bit. So I'll be using the book version of Harry Potter. Got it. I'll be using Luke Skywalker. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to use canon Luke Skywalker. None of this Legends nonsense, correct? I mean, we're all Legends on this show, right? Uh Rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers, speaking of which, are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. Finally, rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto to any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. Feel free to check out the official rules on our website, whowouldwinshow.com. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section, just like our guest judge, Adam MacArthur, said to do. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with every plate, America's best value meal kit. The holidays are upon us. Give yourself and your wallet a break. Every plate is 50% cheaper than a meal made from grocery store ingredients, and each recipe couldn't be easier to follow. With every plate, you can choose between 17 recipes that change each week and swap proteins, veggies, and sides to your liking. And all that for the same price as one cup of coffee. 
It's assuredly cheaper than that pumpkin spice latte. Last week, my family challenged me to make something great for dinner. So, I ordered the amazing hibachi-style steak rice bowls from every plate for my family. Super easy and super quick to prepare, by the way. Now, my entire family thinks I'm an amazing cook. And thanks to every plate, you know what? They're not wrong. Each meal gives you simple step-by-step instructions and pre-portioned ingredients to make it fast and easy. Hey, I've said it before. If you can build a bookshelf, you can make a great meal with every plate. And the choices are varied. I've personally made crispy Caesar chicken, pork and poblano tacos, and bibimbap. And all of the above turned out absolutely fantastic. Get started with EveryPlate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. That's just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. Try this offer and you'll see firsthand why EveryPlate is America's best value meal kit. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on Harry Potter. Harry Potter is the central character of the Harry Potter series of books and movies. He was created by J.K. Rowling and first appeared in the book Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone back in 1997. The Harry Potter saga tells the story of the boy wizard Harry and his friends as they attend Hogwarts, a mystical academy that teaches young wizards their craft. Young Harry was attacked as a baby by the evil wizard Voldemort and survived the encounter thanks to his parents, who both died as a result. Harry's story showed him learning magic at the highest levels while eventually preparing and leading his friends against the return of Voldemort, which happens towards the very end of the series. Fun fact, the original casting for Harry Potter in the movies may have lacked sense, or at least the sixth one. When Steven Spielberg was originally attached to the project, he wanted Haley Joel Osment to play the lead role of Harry Potter. Spielberg ended up leaving the project, however, and all dreams of Osment playing the role, which would have been real weird, left with him. That is Harry Potter. That is intriguing. 
That is a different movie entirely. Are we using the Haley Joel Osment uh, version of Harry Potter tonight? That is that correct. Movie? That's okay. Yeah. If James <laughs> dips into Legends, I guarantee I will be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, that was that was the same carrot guy who was on uh, the the iconic movie of uh, Entourage, right? The film Entourage, right? Makes he sense played to me. it. Yeah, that. I mean, this uh, what could have been. All right, well done, Ray. Here are the details for Luke Skywalker. Now, created by George Lucas, Luke Skywalker first appeared in the iconic film Star Wars: A New Hope back in 1977. Now, Luke Skywalker was just your typical farm boy from a planet with two sons who dreamed of exploring the galaxy. Little did Luke realize that far beyond just exploring it, he would one day save it. Swept up in an adventure to stop the evil Galactic Empire, Luke discovered that he was the son of a powerful Jedi Knight, wielding his father's lightsaber and soon learning to use the mystical force to enhance his senses and physicality, as well as move objects with his mind, Luke became a powerful Jedi in his own right. After destroying the Death Star, redeeming his father, and defeating the Emperor, Luke sought to restore the Jedi Order to its former glory. And here's an interesting fact about Luke Skywalker. Did you know that originally Luke Skywalker was a completely different character than the one we know? It's true, actually. A May 1973 treatment of Star Wars has the name Luke Skywalker in it, but it's attached to an entirely different character. In the original version, 65-year-old Jedi General Luke Skywalker, inspired by samurai characters from Akira Kurosawa's filmography, is one of the guards assigned to protect the princess of a planet, I guess, called Aquilae on a journey across star systems. Skywalker possesses quiet dignity and succeeds in in rescuing the princess. As for the Luke uh, Luke Skywalker character we all know and love, who will win today's battle against Harry Potter, by the way. His name was originally Luke Starkiller. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Adam, do you have any questions before we get started? Um, I don't think so. I think you guys laid that out pretty pretty dang nicely. So far, we're dead even. We're dead even so far. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, I got to tell you, I'm not familiar with the book series, so um, this will be intriguing, Ray. I really, I, I know there are some key differences. I'm sure you're going to spell them out. So uh, let's do this. Hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Harry Potter. Let's just open up by talking about the basics of the magic that Harry Potter is planning to bring to the table because Harry is not necessarily the deepest physical specimen. You know, he doesn't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Predator movies. You know, he's not some big buff uh, guy. He's going to rely on magic in order to win this battle. So let's talk about some of the spells that he can use and how they relate potentially to similar force powers because we start Start with the Osseo power, which is a force pull. It allows Harry Potter to move objects essentially with magic, whether he's pulling them towards himself. It's a force pull. He could also move objects away from somebody and essentially uh, move things around as a force user would do, say like we've seen Luke Skywalker do personally with his lightsaber. So if it ever gets into a weird point where Harry loses his wand, he could absolutely you know, use his force pull potentially and pull it just like Luke does with his lightsaber. Another spell that he likes to use is Petrificus Totalis, which is a paralyzed spell, which we've seen Dumbledore do against Harry uh, towards the end of the series in the movies. And this is absolutely a spell that Harry Potter would know on a base level. And that allows you to paralyze your opponent. So you want to talk right out the gate as far as incapacitation of your opponent goes. We've seen in the Star Wars universe how Kylo Ren has been able to use force powers to paralyze Rey in one of the newer movies. I don't see a reason why Luke Skywalker himself, if Rey's super powerful, Luke's also super powerful. I can imagine both can have this spell slash power used against them where they can't move. And then who would win battle? We just need it to last for two minutes. Whether or not Harry would want to do something to Luke, he might be a little bit more honorable than that. 
but he could absolutely freeze him in place for as long as he needs to. There's a really interesting spell called Expelliarmus, and that spell allows you to disarm. That spell, you do it. This is how Voldemort beat the Green Lantern in a previous episode of Who Would Win. You can disarm them from their primary weapon, and that person does not have a choice. That weapon will fly off into the distance, and it is a good disarm spell that wizards often use on each other's wands in the middle of a battle. The Confundo spell. The Confundo spell allows you to confuse your enemy, and we've seen Luke Skywalker confused before in that weird dream sequence where he woke up feeling all weird after pulling off Vader's helmet and seeing his own head in there. Luke, confused, can be beaten. Luke, at his, at his high peak, it's going to be a little bit more trouble for Harry, but we have a spell to confuse him, and a not 100% Luke is not going to be good in this battle. Expecto Patronum, I think we all know that spell fairly well. He could also you know, create explosions. He can shoot blasts of energy whenever he needs to. Reducto is a really cool spell because that actually explodes objects. So if Luke is standing next to, say, like some rocks, he could use Reducto and blow up the rocks behind Luke and throw him off balance. These are things he can do. These are very easy spells in the wizard world. And the most interesting spell that Harry used against Draco Malfoy, and that's a spell called Sectum Sempra. And that is a spell that you wouldn't think Harry at a young age would use, but he did. And it's why I wanted to highlight it. It may allows him to make cuts to somebody that don't heal properly, that don't totally heal. And he did this to Draco Malfoy and he had this injury that made him angry and quite frankly caused him to become a worse person at the end of the day because Harry hit him with these cuts that don't heal. Now, the fact that he's willing to quote unquote go there is maybe a little bit different than what you would expect from the character of Harry Potter, who you think of as being a little bit more nebbish. No, when Harry's in a fight, he's here to win. He's here to duel and he will hurt you if he has to. And that's my point. Number one. Okay. Interesting point. Definitely some key differences here between, uh, you know, Harry Potter from the, the books and the movies. So these, uh, that spell where he, he, if I'm not mistaken, he gives you a paper cut that you know, is really hard to heal from. Is that something that would stop a Luke Skywalker in a fight? Don't think so. I think he'd find it maybe mildly annoying. Uh, Luke Skywalker's had cuts before, as I'm sure you'll bring up. So I don't, I'm not so sure if that's really going to do so much. So I have some questions for you. So obviously Harry Potter uses magic. That's his mm -hmm. thing. Is he a superhuman in any way? Does he have any physical super strength, super speed. Is, does he have any of those attributes? You know, we've seen in the past with Dumbledore that he's been able to kind of keep his body young, even though he aged a lot, he was able to keep his body young through magic. So we have to assume Harry Potter at, at the telling of this, we assume we're going to be using, you know, peak Luke and we're going to be using peak Harry Potter, which is generally going to be somewhere when he's around 18 years old, probably around that same age for both of them, unless I'm terribly mistaken, maybe Luke's a little bit older, but these are both going to be pretty much in shape young people. You know, they're not going to be workout monsters. They're not going to the gym to go crush it. Like I said before, for. But these are going to be two people who are not, I wouldn't say necessarily peak human per se, but they're both capable of doing things with their powers. Got it. So they're not, they're not like, a, you know, an Adam MacArthur or James Gavsey. <laughs> they're, you know, people who are in decent shape or what have you. Okay. So, so he's regular in shape, human 18 year old guy. Um, that's that what I would put him. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. So yeah, Harry Potter's no joke. You got to take him on in a big way. So let me kind of just get to where. Everyone's knowing I'm going with this point. Let's talk the force for my point number one. So Luke's considered one of the most powerful force users ever to live. 
He's deeply connected to it. He was labeled by Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul, I believe in one of the last episodes of Star Wars Rebels, as the one who will unify the Force. So what can Luke do with the Force? He can use a Force choke, where he lifts someone up in the air at a distance and chokes them out, which is interesting, because that's usually like a Sith kind of power or someone that's evil, but he can do it and still stay on the light side of the Force. Speaking of the Force, he can lift and move large objects telekinetically. This is something that's a little bit different than Harry Potter, because... There's a novel called Luke Skywalker in the Shadows of Mindor. And on page 201, that's how crazy I am about this. Evidently, a large ship takes off in front of Luke and is about to go into hyperspace. And Luke uses the force to catch it and then hold this ship in place. That's a little bit different than the, you know, telekinesis, uh, magical telekinesis that Harry Potter does in that it's way more powerful than what Harry Potter can do. With the force, he can also increase his own speed and agility. He's fast enough to run two kilometers in two minutes. He can increase his strength. He was able to make himself strong enough to break free of these huge restraints and crush blasters with his bare hands. He's got this really weird all telepathic capability where he can use his Jedi mind tricks to manipulate someone's mind. I don't think that's going to come into play with Harry Potter. However, he can use an empathic ability where he's uh, got this thing where it's closer to, I kind of understand how you're feeling kind of thing. More on that later. He can create powerful shields around himself using the Force. We saw this a lot in the comic book series that's canon. And that powerful force field, for lack of a better term, can tank blaster fire from fire, firearms and from you know really huge vehicles like TIE fighters. He can literally tank that, stand there, and be okay. He can obviously also project a physical image of himself across the galaxy, just like he did in The Last Jedi. That's very, very convincing. But there's more. See, Luke can use the force within himself to give himself super strength, super speed, as I mentioned earlier, super agility and enhanced durability. And Luke Skywalker's combat speed is actually legendary in the Star Wars universe. In the comic book series, again, these are con canon comic book series, Luke gets hit with a Star Wars-style powerful flamethrower and is absolutely fine. That's not with a force field. That's just his enhanced durability that he uses with the force. He survives massive explosions, no problem. He survives large falls from ships that are miles in the sky, gets up and just walks away. And that's on top, again, of his force-powered shield. Again, that's tank blaster fire from large TIE fighters and large vehicles. And the force also makes Luke Skywalker superhumanly accurate. You know, remember that little small thing in Star Wars A New Hope, where Luke is piloting the ship he's never piloted before and has to fire this missile into this small little vent at the right time in the right place, and it's a one-in-a-million shot. Yeah, the Force is what helped him do that. Superhumanly accurate. And if that wasn't enough, Luke can also use his Force a lot like how Spider-Man uses his Spider-Sense. He has his precognition. He can tell when he's about to get into danger, and he can also tell when someone's about to do something. He can read the room when people are about to attack him or do something, and he can get prepared for it. He can also navigate. This is really cool. Uh, I think it was Empire Strikes Back and Yoda's on his back and they're doing that training sequence. At one point, Yoda is actually blocking his eyes, forcing Luke to use the force to navigate through the tree branches and treetops of the Dagobah forest. Oh, by the way, and, and like Scoot Luke Skywalker can dodge blaster fire or hit it and redirect it at the person. It's a running joke within the Empire for what are they called the Imperial Star Troopers to fire their blasters at Luke Skywalker. Why? Because they said you're not going to hit him and most likely he's going to redirect it back at you and take you out. So just like Harry Potter's magic, Luke Skywalker's use of the force is going to be a huge factor in this battle. That's my point number one.
Now, there are some interesting things that you said there. I think you're overstepping just a little bit, and I'll tell you why. One is if he tries to create a force illusion, just like he did in one of the most recent Star Wars movies, which is a great scene, and I really appreciated it. But Harry Potter does have dispel illusion style magic. So I just don't think something like that is really going to work against Harry, who's going to sense something's wrong pretty quickly and be able to dispel it and then move forward. Another thing about the force that I know is that the bigger the action you're trying to do, the more focus it takes to do. Luke Skywalker is not going to be able to just be in battle swinging lightsabers and then stop a Star Destroyer from leaving. You know, that's going to take pretty much all of his focus based on everything I know about Star Wars and the Force. The other thing I wanted to bring up is the lightsaber style combat that he uses. And this is more so Luke's style of combat is known as Form 5, which is a very aggressive, Not they don't worry as much about defense in the Form 5 style of combat. And James, maybe you can speak on this a little bit for me, but it's offense first. And then you wait to counterattack with more offense later, which I think is a very offensive style is not necessarily the way you're going to work against a character like Harry Potter, who has every type of defensive magic ready to go because he learned from the defensive master Dumbledore, who is also a master duelist, just like Harry is. No, there's actually some interesting attributes of Form 5. I'm definitely going to get that to my next point. Okay, what I, I don't find want to so steal your thunder too much there. I appreciate it. The, the, the cool part about this is that it seems to be, have be like, you know, a lot of similar capabilities that may cancel out, may overlap. We don't know. So, Adam, this is not going to be an easy battle to judge. Yeah, this You've is heard tough. points. It's, point, it's tough, right? You've heard point number one for both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far? Yeah, this is great. I, honestly, this is, uh, I think, probably the most jam-packed point one I've ever heard from you guys. This could you could break what you just set up in probably and make it your you know all of your points. <laughs> I, th- I think so. I have a question for Ray. Yes. Do all of Harry's spells require him to say something? This is where I'm still a little bit fuzzy as far as it goes. Now, we know Voldemort has been able to take a step beyond what standard wizards do. Normal wizards have to say something out loud. Okay. You have to, you know, you have to call out the spell in order to do it, unless it's something they've sort of prepackaged or what have you. Harry Potter, I have to assume, becomes to a level of Voldemort. So it would be my belief that Harry could cast some spells without necessarily speaking. Yeah. I I think he would have that ability, but generally speaking, he's going to want to say it because he probably gets a little bit more, you know, juice that way. (laughs) Right. Okay. Okay. And do you think, uh, let's see. Yeah, this is, this is, this is interesting. Do you think he can cast multiple spells at the same time? We haven't necessarily seen him do that, although he has been able to fly and cast spells at the same time. So given those two things together, you have to assume it, but he, you know, usually is working with a grand overall plan using his tactics to get you in a position and then, and then get, get, get you out of that position. Okay. And then James for Luke, do you sort of a similar question with the force is, is he able to do multiple things at the same time? So as Ray stated, there's a lot of focus required for some of the bigger force moves, maybe holding a, you know, some kind of vehicle, but is he able to do, if he's doing that, is he able to do something else at the same time? Or is it, is for each of these guys, I'm just wondering, is it like a one thing at a time kind of deal or are they able to multitask? Great question. So according to, again, the comic books and even some of the, you know, later feats of Luke Skywalker, he can multitask. Now Ray's point is actually important in that if it's something that is massive, like a massive Star Destroyer or what have you, yeah. it's going to take a lot of focus and a lot of attention uh, you know, to hold that in position. The bigger the object, the more powerful the object, 
the more focus. Ray's absolutely correct in that. With that being said, in a one-on-one duel, yes, there are a number of occasions where the force user is doing something with the force while using the lightsaber or doing two different things with the force, especially the more powerful force users. If you have a Padawan or someone who's just a regular Jedi or Sith, probably Jedi, doing more than one thing with the force, hard to do. But Luke has been able to use the force to levitate objects while also focusing the force with himself to give him that superhuman, you know, Spider-Man, like kind of like power set for lack of a better term. Okay, awesome. And then one more question for both of you. Does either using magic or using the force, does it, are they tired afterwards? Is, does it form any kind of exhaustion using these abilities? I haven't seen that as much with Harry Potter, and I have seen where Force users, especially using some of these more aggressive styles, they can't keep it up for a super extended period of time. But James, I'll let you speak to that. Sure. Well, here, yeah, and I can't say that, I can't speak to that for Harry Potter, but with Luke Skywalker, the best example of that exhaustion is when he's using his Force powers to project himself as a hard light construct. I don't know what the right term of that is in The Last Jedi, where he's literally going several galaxies to project himself when he takes on Kylo Ren. I see. Right? That's that's an insane power. Yeah. And, okay. and and I've seen to add to that a little bit, when Yoda lifted the X-Wing out of the swamp, he had to sort of close his eyes and shut down physically in order to make that happen. When Luke had to lift C-3PO up in the air to pretend he was a god in uh, Return of the Jedi, he also he had to close his eyes. He had to concentrate in order to try to pull off that move. And this is in Return of the Jedi when he is sort of towards the height of his powers. That is correct. That's that did happen in Return of the Jedi. That is incorrect where that's at the he's at the height of his powers. But well, we can agree to disagree about that, James. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) All right. So, Adam, great questions as always. Any anything else before we continue? No, I think I think we're 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 moving in a great direction here. I like where we're headed. I love it. All right, Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Harry Potter. Let's talk about some of the items that he's going to bring to the table, because let's face it, James hasn't mentioned the lightsaber yet, and he's going to, because I would, and every time we've used a Force-type character, lightsabers come onto the table. So let's talk about some of the items that Harry has, because this is also important, because he's been known to carry not only his standard wand, which chose him originally at, what, the shop, and that's fine, but Harry carried something called the Elder Wand, which is kind of known as the most powerful wand in the entire world of Harry Potter and the wizarding world. The Elder Wand chose Harry. The Elder po- the Elder Wand wanted to be with Harry because he recognized his potential as potentially the greatest wizard of all time. Now, the wand is important because you can just have magic and you can do spells, but to have a more powerful wand allows you to create your spells that much more powerfully. You could be the best driver in the entire world, but if you're driving a Chevette as opposed to a Ferrari, you're not going to get the same performance out of your driving. This is the Ferrari, the Lamborghini of wands, the Elder Wand, and Harry Potter absolutely would rock it. He also has something from his family, his father, the Invisibility Cloak, which is a pretty big deal because Harry Potter can wrap himself in the Invisibility Cloak and go completely invisible and undetectable uh, for as much as he would like to, quite frankly. So when it comes as far as getting away if he needs to in order to regroup, if it comes to him wanting to get into a more advantageous position against Luke Skywalker, he has the ability to whip out the Invisibility ability cloak and get to where he needs to go. He also from Sirius Black inherited a knife, which also acted as a lock pick. 
I don't know if it necessarily is too big a deal, but it does show that he has a short-ranged weapon if he absolutely needs to. If he's able to get in close and disarm Luke Skywalker, he has a blade of some kind he can rely on, or God willing, he gets locked in something, he can pull himself out of it. But let's also talk about the broom, because Harry Potter has a flying broom, which is a top-of-the-line flying broom that he was gifted, essentially, because this is what happens when you're a child prodigy of magic and everybody is trying to suck up to you. He's got a Quidditch broom, which not only that, see, not only is he flying and Luke Skywalker doesn't fly. Let's start there. Harry Potter can fly, which means his mobility is much, much higher. His speed is going to be much, much higher, and he's going to be able to go to places that Luke Skywalker can't do. What happens when they're in the middle of a battle and Harry says, ooh, this guy's got some weird powers. I'm going to go up to that cliff way up over there, and I'm just going to lob down explosive powers on Luke Skywalker until he's not a problem anymore because he can fly. And the Quidditch broom allows him to play sports. Well, not only can he fly, he can fly to the level of an athlete. An athlete, a varsity level athlete. So this is important. It's not just that he can fly, but he can fly with skill. He also has been known to carry a sword. And I'm not assuming he's going to have a sword for this battle per se, but he did at 12 years old. He used the sword to kill a basilisk by driving the sword up through his head, right? Up through his mouth. And he did that while the basilisk had infected his arm with poison and a lot of damage. And even at the age of 12 years old, despite the fact that he had been poisoned by a basilisk, rough stuff, he'd been cut into by a basilisk, again, rough stuff, he was able to still land the finishing blow to kill the basilisk because he needed to in that moment. And he was only 12 at the time. So this guy's got willpower and internal strength to get the job done when he needs to. And that's my point number two. Okay, so just gonna need to clear a couple of things. You're saying Harry Potter uses magic, is that correct? He's been known. Okay, so um, first of all, I love how your defense against Luke Skywalker's lightsaber is the uh, lockpick that Harry Potter may have on him to help him unlock doors. He'll somehow use that as someone who's done a lot of knife defense and a lot of sword work and martial arts training. I have to admit, I've never Harry Pottered someone like that using a lock pick to See, disarm James, someone with a sword or a knife. That's incredible. This um, is why you actually need to listen when I talk, because I'd already established if he needs to get in that close to shiv him with Sirius Black's knife, yeah. that the lightsaber's already been Expelleramist right out the day, right Got out it. the gate. Got it. So he, he's a he's a master of prison fighting. If he, exactly. needs to be- if he needs to shift someone, that's important. I didn't know Hogwarts was that rough. Uh, good to uh, know. Hogwarts is rough. I'm going to put yeah. it out there. Um, the invisibility cloak's interesting, but again, Luke Skywalker uses the force to detect whatever's around him. So regardless of that, I don't, the invisibility cloak, I think, will be canceled out, just like I think Luke won't be able to hide himself from Harry Potter. I think that's a wash. Luke can use the force to attack people from afar, so range attacks aren't a problem. Also, how often does he have the broom with him? I'm going to assume, like, here's the deal. If we're going to assume that he's having lunch and Luke Skywalker attacks him, he might not have the broom with him. If we assume that he's going to a place where combat might occur, he absolutely would be crazy not to have a broom at least in close proximity. Right, but this is a random encounter. Right, sure, but it's anywhere. a random encounter where we, and my assumption at least, is that these two characters know they're going to be fighting someone or there is a potential for combat or danger there. Again, we're not just hitting them in the middle of a picnic. Got it. So he has his broom because he's thinking he may need to fly. I'll counter that with the fact that Luke Skywalker has his X-Wing fighter close by. The broom is impressive. Don't get me wrong. That is a cool broom. I'm going to go with the X-Wing fighter as uh, my method of flying. And that goes a little bit faster and has a little bit of a higher uh, firepower, but that's fine. Okay. Now, really interesting question. What happens if uh, Harry Potter loses his wand? 
If Harry Potter loses his wand, well, first off, he can use uh, magic and just uh, get it back again, much like Luke would with the Force. Um, but additionally, he's he's going to get it back, basically. He he is a little bit weaker without the Elder Wand, obviously, because the Elder Wand is a very powerful uh, combat tool. Um, but he he knows and will get it back. He always, he always did every single time he was disarmed in the past. Right, but the question is, so for that 30 seconds where he doesn't have the wand, is he still able to cast spells? Is he still sure. able to at the same I, I, level? I, I, I don't I don't see why he wouldn't be able to. He doesn't use the wand when he flies on a broom. But the broom acts on its okay, I think you very you're answering my question here. Okay, got it. So if they, if if it goes away, he's not as capable when he doesn't have the wand in his hand. If you say so, James, I disagree. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so uh let me get to my point number two. And I got to tell you, Harry Potter, all joking aside, is super impressive, super powerful. I'm not taking this battle lightly at all. So with that being said, Ray, you're right. Let's go to lightsaber mastery. Let's just kind of put this on the table. In the Star Wars universe, it's actually agreed that Luke Skywalker is one of the most skilled lightsaber masters ever. I mean, that's the thing. People all agree to that. And on top of mastering lightsaber, Luke uses the force to enhance his physical attributes. That's something that Jedi do. Yoda did it and what have you. So he uses the force, channels it in with himself. And helps him become that much better of a lightsaber duelist or user or what have you. He's mastered many forms of lightsaber styles. And he's kind of like a, a Bruce Lee or an Adam MacArthur, if you will, of lightsaber users within the Star Wars universe. Luke Skywalker is stated to actually be a better duelist with a lightsaber and more dangerous with it than Darth Vader. In the Return of the Jedi novel, actually, it states, and I'm going to use quotes here, Luke had grown stronger since his last encounter with Darth Vader. And his skill with his lightsaber had improved greatly as they swung at each other in the Emperor's throne room. Luke's sense advantage had shifted to him. Now, again, this is not peak Luke Skywalker, but it's peak within the first uh, trilogy in Return of the Jedi. So uh, even at that point, he's a better duelist than Darth Vader, who many thought was at least top five, if not the top lightsaber person in the universe. Well, he's got a lot of styles, but just like what Ray said, his favorite style is what's called Form V, and that specializes in economy of motion when locked in melee combat it's at close range and at far range. So people can be firing from far range and close range. It's centered. The whole principle is on parries of blaster fire and different types of attacks while also being very economical in motion to really focus on the attacks as well. I'd say it's aggressive aggression first with very powerful defense being ready to go for it. And that's why he can deflect blaster fire as well as he can. Now, where did he really get this style? This is interesting. Luke copied a lot of this style from all of his encounters with Darth Vader so he uses Darth Vader's style. We all know how impressive that is and how deadly it is and actually got better at it than him. And in case you're wondering, the lightsaber isn't the only weapon that Luke carries around. He has on him, this is official from the Star Wars wiki, a blaster called the DL-44, which is powerful enough to penetrate armor and to take out someone with a single shot. He carries that with him all the time. And remember, that's a blaster being shot by Luke who has superhuman accuracy thanks to the Force. All of that put together is my point number two. That's pretty good stuff, James. I'm not going to lie. Now, we all know about blaster fire, though. Blasters in the Star Wars universe are considered weaker than, like, machine gun fire would be because it's cheaper to make, and that's why everybody walks around with blasters. But that's why they're also not the most effective, efficient weapons found in the universe. We see people kind of tanking shots from them all the time. No, that's fair. So there's actually an interesting point. The uh, projectile weapons in the Star Wars universe, because of the metal, makes it more cost-prohibitive for the projectiles than, say, an energy type of blaster. You're absolutely correct. Now, with that said, they still hit very, very hard. Look at Chewbacca's crossbow, which does hit harder than Luke Skywalker's pistol, but that actually has a lot of concussive force, as does Luke's uh, pistol. 
That's fair. Now, the other thing I want to bring up here is let's talk for a moment about training as far as counterpoints go, because you talked about some of his styles and his training and where he came from. Luke really, he trained under Yoda. He trained under Obi-Wan Kenobi. And maybe in the comics, he did more than that. He tried to train a little bit under Vader uh, when they, when they had an opportunity to sure. But Harry Potter studied his entire life from K through 12, right? Studying magic from a variety of the greatest wizards under Dumbledore, maybe the greatest wizard of all time. So he's not just gotten one or two people's opinions on how to use his magic. He's learned all the different forms of it, and he's learned it from all of the masters of those appreciative forms. Now, when it came to specifically one-on-one duels, one thing that I did want to mention is Luke has a couple bad losses. He got his hand chopped off by Darth Vader when they fought in the second movie. And not just that, the Emperor, the Emperor versus Luke, the Emperor was going to kill unless Darth Vader intervened. Luke lost that battle against Emperor Palpatine and was going down for the count. He was screaming because there was nothing he could do. Meanwhile, in the finals, Harry Potter versus Voldemort, again, the most powerful evil wizard. You could put him on a par with Palpatine, I think, easily. He was able to 1v1 with no external help needed defeat Voldemort in that particular battle at the end of the day. And I think that's an important distinction to make. One could beat his enemy on his own and the other could not. Interesting. Voldemort was trying to take over Hogwarts and the Emperor was ruling over a galaxy. And Both were trying to kill their enemy in that moment. Just trying to put the perspective together. All right. So, uh, Adam, you've heard point two points from Ray. You've heard two points from myself. We're now at the turning point. Yeah. This is where you have to tell us who you think is winning this battle so far and what the other side has to do to pull out the victory. Yeah, this is a this is a tough one. I feel like this is a really good this is a really good battle and there are a lot of factors. Like I said, you pack so many things into these first two points. I feel like there's a lot of stuff to take note of in order to have like an actual opinion, a valid opinion on this matter. I I'm going to say as of right now, for me, James, Luke has a little bit of an edge here against Harry Potter. Interesting. Um, and and it's it's partially because of if Harry is if, if Luke is able to disarm Harry of his wand, it puts him at a significant disadvantage. The victory, in my opinion, would hinge on him getting his wand back. Now, is that possible? That's very possible. Um, I, I do think, you know, you said if uh, if Harry's going to have his broom, then uh, Luke gets his X-Wing. But I, I don't actually, I don't think that's valid. I don't think Luke should be, I don't think Luke should have a uh, uh, his X-Wing. I think if you're going to say Harry Potter can't have his broom, then Luke can't have his lightsaber. Those, those are the kind of things that are on the same, uh, on the same level for me. So I do imagine Harry having his broom with him uh, and Luke obviously having his lightsaber. I do think that those are both things that they would have uh, going into this battle. So, uh, yeah, right now I think it's coming down to almost a little bit of Harry's durability. The question of Harry's durability in that split second, could there be a disarm, a disarming of his wand that would allow an opening for somebody who has this, you know, who has the force and the, you know, the skills, this, the amplified skills because of the force that would he would you know take advantage of that and 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 possibly overcome Harry at that moment. But I'm like sixty forty. I'm like sixty forty here. It's like Luke is just edging it out for me. So H- Harry's Ray, you're still in this thing. Interesting. So you know we we've been here before. You know it's either very it's either a dead tie or a slight edge. Yeah. And anything can happen in point number three. 
And this is usually where Ray and I, with our strategy, kind of throw the knockout blow if we have it. So, Ray, I'm really, I'm really interested, kind of looking forward to this. What is your ultimate point number three? Point number three for Harry Potter. Let's talk about some of the big ball and spells that he's got because Harry Potter brings the heat with the magic. I kind of talked about initial basic magic earlier. Let's talk about some of the good stuff here. First off, I would actually push back really hard at the ability of Luke Skywalker to disarm Harry Potter. How exactly would he do it? I would rhetorically ask, not looking for an answer, because Harry Potter has the ability to teleport. Harry Potter has the ability to, in a moment, teleport from one spot to another. So in order for Luke to disarm Harry, I imagine he'd have to get pretty close to do it. Harry Potter and all wizard duels do not allow you the opportunity to get close to them. It's the thing he learned from Dumbledore, most of all, is to play defense, 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 and then hit you with the haymaker when he needs to. Harry Potter's defensive ability is going to be extremely powerful. Why? Because he is a master in the defense against the dark arts class, okay? He is one of the highest students, highest acumen scores in that particular class. That class is about defense against offensive and evil magic, okay? And that's exactly the kind of stuff that James is talking about. So Harry Potter will be prepared for anything that Luke has to offer, and when he sees a guy coming at him with a laser sword, he's just going to teleport himself out of there or fly up in the sky where Luke is not going to be able to get him. So I question how a disarm would even happen, given he's not going to be able to get close to Harry. But as far as durability goes, hey, Harry Potter survived the death curse as a baby. This is a curse called Avracadavra, if I remember correctly, that Harry does know and could use. And it's essentially you blast somebody and they die. That's how it works. Harry got hit with this thing from Voldemort at the very beginning of the series as a baby and survived. So as far as durability goes, I'm having a hard time coming up with a durability feat that matches that one. Okay. Not only the death spell, Harry allegedly could use the torture spell that allows him to cause intense pain to somebody. If he was feeling a life or death moment, maybe he slips and drops that one in there and forgives himself at the end of the day. It's definitely on the table as possible. But besides the fact that as a defensive minded duelist against a guy who's super aggressive and by using that form five, by using the form V as James called it, you tire yourself out. We learned this in the Yoda battle. These very aggressive styles can only be done for a certain period of time before the Jedi tires themselves out. So they're always going for a quick hit and a quick hit's not going to work against Harry Potter. Who's going to be playing defense first. Uh, if he even tries to do the Jedi mind trick or any of that nonsense, a goblet of fire, Harry resisted mind control. So I could talk about that right now. And one of the big spells, uh, kind of a silly one, but we saw it in one of the movies as well as the books. And that's Draco Malfoy gets turned into a ferret. This is the type of magic in the Harry Potter world, okay? Luke Skywalker can move some rocks around and he can move objects with his mind and he can cloud weak minds with his with his abilities. But in the world of Harry Potter, you can just straight up turn another magic user into a ferret and leave him there for as long as you want to. So when it comes to fighting, we're fighting dirty in this one. Harry, if it comes to brass tacks, can just fly up in the air and turn Luke into a ferret. <laughs> And a ferret ain't going to win no battles. I would argue that's strong incapacitation as far as these battles go. And that's the difference between these two characters, Adam. Luke Skywalker in the Force can manipulate the objects around him. That's what the Force allows you to do. It allows you to manipulate the things around you. But the magic of Harry Potter allows you to warp reality into what you want it to be. 
And that is, by a, by a lot, way more powerful of a type of magic than anything Luke Skywalker can bring to the table. It's one thing to throw a rock. It's another thing to turn your opponent into a ferret. And that is my point number three. That's interesting. So how often did he turn people he was fighting into ferrets? He has the ability to use these types of magical powers. You must also understand he's a very high IQ. I would argue he's a lot smarter than Luke Skywalker at the end of the day, being that he is a boy genius wizard and his tactical abilities and using a battlefield are something he's been known to do. Got it. So I'll, I'll ask the question one more time. How often has he turned his opponents into ferrets? It's not a matter of how many times he's needed to do it in the stories. It's the fact that he could do it if he needed to. And he's, it's been shown to happen in front of him, so we know it's a reality in his world. So why didn't he turn Voldemort into a ferret? He did not turn Voldemort into a ferret, one, because he was playing defense for a lot of that time, and two, against a character who's constantly blasting you with death spells. Maybe you don't have the moment to breathe that you would need to turn somebody into a ferret. Not just that, Voldemort probably had a counter to it that he was easily aware of. Luke don't have those counters. He, he, I like how you said if he had a moment to breathe, maybe he could do it. That's the great thing about Luke Skywalker. He doesn't give you a moment to breathe. He's that aggressive. When you're flying in the air, there's not much Luke's going to do with a lightsaber. That's true. The good thing he's got a blaster that he's an expert with. Now, with that being said, the great thing about Luke Skywalker when he disarms you is he's going, and he, we've seen examples of this. He doesn't, when he disarms someone with a lightsaber or a, uh, a blaster, he either cuts through the weapon that you're holding to destroy it, or he cuts off your hand like he did with Darth Vader in uh, Return of the Jedi. That would be one of the ways he would take out the wand that Harry Potter's using, either cutting off his hand that's holding it or actually cutting through the wand itself, which a lightsaber could do as powerful as that wand is. Let's see what else. So Luke is actually going to detect teleportation. Again, he's using the force like the spider sense. He'll see whatever, wherever someone's coming from, he'll be able to defend against that. People uh, don't teleport in the Star Wars world, James. I don't know what you're talking about. No, but they do move very, very fast and know how to use stealth really well and appear from out of nowhere. That's everything done from droids to other Jedi to Sith. All right, let me get to my point number three. And this is going to explain exactly why I think Luke Skywalker is going to win. So Harry Potter, he's a master of many things. Magic, figuring out spells and understanding magic. And, you know, that's all great. But when it comes to going the extra mile and actually quickly and viciously killing or subduing an opponent, this is where Harry Potter falls short to Luke Skywalker. Now, can Harry Potter, you know, restrain someone, turn them into, you know, maybe use magic against someone who's unsuspecting? Sure, and that's really impressive. But that's not what this battle is. See, he's a very capable fighter, but it's just when it comes to pure combat and being in the melee and just going crazy balls to the wall, for, so to speak, in, in a fight, that's where Luke Skywalker not only lives, but excels. So, Ray, let me kind of take this into a different uh, area. Let me ask you a weird question. What's Luke Skywalker's kill count in the original Star Wars trilogy? You know, the first three movies. I can't imagine it's very high. I guess I've seen him blast a stormtrooper or two. That's fair. So here's the deal. Luke Skywalker actually racks up. I'm not kidding. Someone did the math. 369,740 kills. And by the way, Darth How? Vader. Okay, that's interesting. Just, just keep in mind, Darth Vader during the same <laughs> screen time has 11 uh, on screen kills. He took out the, I think there's 368,000 of them were on the Death Star. And by oh, the way, come on. no, no, no. But here's the deal. Many of them were accountants, cafeteria workers, janitors, podcasters. And did Luke hesitate? No. Why? Because he had to do it. He was in a war. He said, I, this is going to suck. I know I'm killing a lot of innocents, but it's for the greater good. I'm doing this. I'm going into it. Now, just keep that in mind. So if you even throw out the Death Star count, which I know where you want to do, he still has almost 850 kills 
And more of that coming when uh, I think he uh, destroys Jabba the Hutt's sail barge and Return of the Jedi. This is a killer. This is a really nice guy. Very pleasant. Love to hang out with Luke Skywalker sometime. He kills people a lot. He doesn't hesitate. That's one of his things. So what does all this mean? Okay, when it comes down to it, Harry Potter's an expert at using tactics. I'm going to give him that. And the tactics don't actually kill the other person he's fighting normally because he doesn't want to do that. Luke Skywalker's tactics result in death, in maiming, because he's fighting in a war because that's how he's trained to do it. He's trained to take action and take out someone whichever way he knows how to do. So even though a Hoodwin battle match isn't like a death match, it's that willingness to kill and be a super aggressive combatant and to actually go the extra mile and go for it. That's really going to make Luke Skywalker too much for Harry Potter. So another quick question. Why didn't Harry Potter ever use the, is it called the Avada Kedavra curse or the killing curse? Why didn't he ever use that? He did not use that because he tries very hard not to kill when he has a choice. Right. So we, and he's not a murderer. And this is one of the reasons we love Harry Potter is because well, he's like, we want to kind of go in a different, you know, we don't want to kill if we don't have to. And he'll even spare his enemies, so to speak, or the people coming after him because he's not a murderer. He's that pure soul. Luke Skywalker he kills a lot. Have I mentioned that before? He likes it. I'm not saying he likes it. He does it, and he does it very quickly and doesn't think a lot about it. Now, Harry Potter, I'm going to give you this. I think he's the top wizard in the Harry Potter universe at the end of the storyline, but a lot of his spells have nothing to do with combat. A lot of his spells are you know, beneficial and help people and what have you, and that's great too. Luke Skywalker, let's call it what it is. It's a lightsaber. He's got a gun. He knows how to crush people. That's what he's great at. Now, I want to bring your attention to one final piece of evidence for this Who Would Win battle. It's the final episode of The Mandalorian where Luke Skywalker comes to save, you know, Mini Yoda or Grogu, as his name is. So Luke easily makes his way through a small army of dark troopers who are super powerful. It's like Star Wars meets the Terminator type of killing machines. And if you recall, they're all waiting for him. There's a small army of them. And Luke goes through them with his lightsaber, using the force, multitasking with the force, doing two things at once. While he's killing him with his lightsaber or destroying those lightsaber, it looks like he's having a stroll through the park. In one scene, the final scene that takes less than a minute, there's two lines of dark troopers, guns trained on the door that Luke Skywalker is about to walk through. And Luke just walks through, takes them all out, cuts them with his lightsaber, pushes them, destroys them, redirects their blaster file and the fire. And the last one, he literally crushes, just stands there, hand out and crushes this dark trooper. One of the most powerful droids ever made, battle droids ever made by, you know, the forces of the Empire or what have you. You got to ask yourself this. How well would Harry Potter have done in that same situation where he walks through, there's a small army of dark troopers, guns blazing on him. How well would he have done? Could he have escaped? Yes. Could he have taken them all out? I doubt it. So in the end, as much as I love Harry Potter, he's not just not the trained warrior with the weaponry, with the killing experience and skill that Luke Skywalker has. And that's my point number three. Look, Luke Skywalker is an impressive combatant. He's a fine character for who he is. Would Harry Potter have a problem with that? No. Harry Potter would throw the doors open, throw up a force field. What do you mean he doesn't have combat magic? Have you not watched any Harry Potter movies? He's got force fields. He's got blasts that he does. He shoots fireballs at people. He's doing combat stuff all the time, all over all of these movies. Not just that. Luke, Luke can kill. Absolutely. Look, Harry Potter actually killed his enemy at the end of his movie. Luke needed somebody else to kill his enemy for him. I believe if Harry Potter was matched up against the Emperor Palpatine, Harry Potter also wins that matchup as well, a matchup Luke did not win. And James, a final point I want to make here before I wrap it up, 
Mini Yoda, you should lose based on saying Mini Yoda instead of Baby Yoda right out the gate. That should be an instant L from our judge as far as I'm concerned. Now, the way this battle's actually going to go, they're going to square off. There's going to be some distance between them. The way that these Force users fight is they don't go to the lightsaber right away. You've seen it time and time again. They try to throw objects and use Force powers at each other before they decide the Force isn't going to work. You've seen it in all the movies of Star Wars. They start out by using Force powers. So if Luke's going to try his little, you know, throwing uh, objects and throwing rocks and what have you against Harry Potter, he's going to get domed. He's going to get domed real, real quick. And by the time he actually gets to the lightsaber, Harry's not going to give him a chance, whether it's a paralyzation spell, whether it's force fields, whether it's teleportation, whether it's flight. Luke Skywalker is not going to get close enough to disarm Harry Potter. He's not going to get close enough to use his lightsaber, lightsaber in any meaningful way. And that's assuming he doesn't get disarmed with it right away. Harry's got this thing on lockdown. He's not going to win by killing. He's going to win by incapacitation. He's going to win by casting a spell that warps reality and takes Luke out of the fight one way or another. And it's an easy way to see it. So it was baby, baby Yoda, but it was also Grogu. Just need to correct that. I mean, Grogu, right? allegedly they named him Grogu. Well, he said that was his name. Okay, so Adam, you've heard three points from Ray. You've heard, you've heard, you've heard. You've heard three points from Ray. You've heard three points from me. Yeah. It's now time for you to come up with a decision. Take us through your process. Apply your wisdom, the Adam MacArthur wisdom, if you will, and tell us who wins this battle. Is it Harry Potter or is it Luke Skywalker? Look, this got significantly more difficult after point three for me. Going into the like the first two points, like what I said at that at that point of, of this whole thing was I felt like Luke could overwhelm Harry Potter. However, raise point three, Harry Potter's ability to defend. I ha- I wrote in all caps, defense makes me wonder if Harry Potter could survive long enough to create an opening. We we talked about how offensive Luke is and how aggressive his style is. So it's a battle in my mind between offense and defense. Is Luke's offense aggressive and fast enough to finish Harry before Harry is able to tire Luke out maybe, you know, tire him out or get so deep in the battle that he's able to create an opening? (sighs) This is a very tough decision. This is a very tough decision. And I'm also trying not to let the overwhelming fandoms for either of these characters <laughs> and which one I want to face the wrath of influence this decision at all. Ray, do you think that a force field stops spells that cause paralysis or would create an opening for Harry Potter? We, we've seen it happen in the Harry Potter world. You know, some of these, the death spell, the death curse can be dodged, you know, uh, it, but it also, if it hits you, it's really, really bad news. So where we've seen this happen before is, you know, you've seen them put up, like they shoot the, the streaks of fire at each other yeah. and they're trying to overpower the other one, or they throw up, you know, uh, the glass shards that shattered at the front when Dumbledore was in the room and he threw up a force field so that they didn't get murdered with glass shards. I mean, we've seen it stop physical stuff all over the place in the Harry Potter universe okay i think i i think i've gathered enough information here to come to a decision this is a very tough one though this is a very very tough one i could see i could see us having six points uh, and i on either side to continue uh to debate this but i think i'm going to have to give the win to luke skywalker 
Oh, come on, and there Are you, you have kidding it. me right and there now? You have he gets it. turned into a ferret. Yeah. <laughs> How does he fight as a ferret? So would there's that no defense for that. But a, this is terrible. Would a ferret, that wouldn't dampen his his lightsaber ability? Maybe he'd use ferret hands, you know? Here's, here's, here's sort of what it came down to me. Wow. It came down to a, for wow, me. Wow, Adam, you're doing me right now. I know. Let's do I'm it. sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> if Harry Potter's ability significant, is Unreal. significantly decreased when he's using his, without his wand. Okay, so if there- when is he going to lose his wand, Adam? I've shown you three ways it will never happen. He'll lose it in the first minute. Go on, Adam. If, How? if these two two people are coming together and have no prior knowledge to each other, I believe that Luke's aggression and skill paired with the way he uses the force is superhumanly accurate. All of this Brutal. stuff would create a potential opening for him to defeat Harry Potter. There's no way. There's just, Adam, there's just no way. His Harry Potter's first go-to move is to disarm his opponent, which means there's going to be no lightsaber to begin the battle. You talk about how is Luke supposed to disarm him? He can't. He can't get near him. That's the whole point. If, I know. If Harry it, does not know the Force exists, he could... He knows magic exists, and what's the appreciable difference? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're different energies. You've you just stated it in your your whole story. I mean, it's it- outrageous! <laughs> wow, what a drop in the ball on your part! Oh my goodness, that's awful. <laughs> Truly awful, Adam. You know I mean, what? Look, look, I'm ashamed. Look, at some point, it wasn't going to be all Ray victories for me. I think that's what it is. I think that you, you because I won the last two times you were on the show. You were trying when it came down to the razor's edge. You refused to look at logic and go. I just can't keep going in the same direction. I would feel bad at the end of the day. I, and if I it's a feel you, bad moment that you were trying to avoid, you didn't, Adam. I promise you that had nothing to do with it. That had <laughs> nothing to do with not it. Not hearing it. I, I will say though, after your point three, Ray, it, it was it was swinging back your direction for a moment. It really for a moment, been. sure was. It really sure was. Should've. Sure was. You know, Adam, I got to tell you, when it came down to this, and again, this matchup, I really didn't. It, my gut was telling me it's something Harry Potter could win if everything went Easily. right. If it went well, like if Easily. everything, if you had like the perfect game, this would be a victory for Harry perfect Potter. I can see game. that. What are you talking about right now? How is a guy who has to attack you physically going to get to somebody he can't get near? So as I was saying, if he had a perfect game, he would he could pull out a victory if he if he got it. But Luke Skywalker can get hit, he can take damage. We've seen it, and he's hyper aggressive. So I, I think you're right in your analysis. He's def- you know Harry Potter's defense, waiting for an opening, and Luke Skywalker is crazy aggression. And we all know a really great offense is going to beat a good defense. I think this that was called perfectly. Happens. It, that never happens. Look at the last Super Bowl. Tampa Bay had the defense and they destroyed the offense because they shut it down, which is how Harry Potter wins all his duels. You know, speaking of, yeah, that's like the Detroit Unreal. Lions. The Detroit Lions have an amazing defense. How well they do One typically. Of the worst in NFL history. Did they win a lot of games? No. Exactly. All right. So, Adam, I got to tell you, we love having you on the show. This was great. I got to tell you, the other two, the other two decisions you gave for Ray, I don't even care about those. This one made up for both of them. I love it. It's fantastic. By the way, this is my third victory in a row again. I'm going for that magical fourth. Yeah. I don't know how it keeps happening, honestly, because nobody at home thinks you win these battles except the one person who matters on the show. I don't, I'm just, I'm starting to believe the intoxicating mind fog is real because you, you make people make bad decisions all the time. I don't understand it. This is it's going to be a fun one to to get on Twitter and see what what the haps is. It's it's going to be insane. All right, so Adam, wonderful job as a judge. There's a reason we love having you on, and you displayed <laughs> it 
today as well. Even when I lost the battles, I was just like, but Adam's so good and he's got great logic. This he is used to be. He, oh, well, you know. <laughs> Thanks, so, so half the team <laughs> thinks you're fantastic. So again, we know you're extremely busy. You've got a lot of great projects. Tell us where, tell our fans where they can find you online and where they can watch everything you do. Absolutely. Yeah, you can watch Jujutsu Kaisen right now on Crunchyroll, uh, streaming on Crunchyroll, also HBO Max. You can find me for all announcements for upcoming projects at NinjaMac, N-I-N-J-A-M-A-C, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, doing that thing too. So yeah, come find me. I love it. Now, Ray, this was battled again. Last week's uh, episode, you pulled out some crazy stuff, but it was great. Battled masterfully. I got to tell you, you've, you've upped your game again. Today's battle and debate. I was keep really hearing, hard. but I'm down like a many battles this season. I'm getting my butt handed to me this season, quite frankly, and I don't understand how. My arguments have never been better. I can only assume that you've been bribing everybody under the sun. May, may I suggest that you avoid using terms like, you know, hey, you could turn him into a ferret. And that's how he'd win this matchup. It's a very legitimate point. It's, Honestly, the paralysis itself is already something Luke can't handle. As we've seen, with it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that everything you said was terrible and everything I said was great. We couldn't convince, I couldn't convince the one person who mattered today. And I still, I don't know how. I was way ahead on everybody's scorecards at home. The whole battle. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Ray, again, ferrets. Okay, so Ray, please tell our listeners where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Look, the outrage machine should be churning for this week's episode for anybody who actually listened to the points that were made. I would love to see your scorecards at home. We have the scorecards. We haven't talked about them a lot lately. But if you were scoring this at five points per round, what would your final score be? And what would the results of each round be? I have a feeling it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 15-11 for Harry Potter. If James even gets to 11 points with some of of the quite frankly nonsense that he tried to throw at us today. Hashtag Ray was robbed. How do you spell nonsense? <laughs> Correctly. Got it. <laughs> Wonder just how many eyes are there. Probably the same amount of eyes in the word ferret. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabs. You remember to join the official Hoodwin Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. By the way, welcome to our all our new members on our Facebook group and Twitter and Instagram. And by the way, we'll be pumping out TikTok as well. So thank you, just, just a general thank you to everyone who's helping out with that. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. And don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. And check out the Who Would Win website at www.whowouldwinshow.com. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. up everyone brian here host of the tv and movie trivia podcast it's a trivia style podcast focusing on tv and movies listen in for questions like what's the name of michael scott's screenplay what do you say to view the marauders map what are tony stark's last words to thanos in avengers endgame and where does ron burgundy say he is when he calls the news station sobbing from a phone booth i've covered the office harry potter Marvel, Will Ferrell movies, Lord of the Rings, and more, with even more on the way. So play along to the TV and movie trivia podcast anywhere you get podcasts, and stay tuned for more trivia!
special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.